Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. The scripture this morning is from Mark 1, verses 9 through 15. At the time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Greg. That was very well done. Now may the words of my mouth, but the meditations that are received from all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God and our Creator. And by the by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive the chaff away that the kernel left behind might truly nourish us. And we ask this in the peace and comfort of the Holy Gospel. Amen. One of the things I, I enjoy so much about a, a church like this is uh, it reminds me of, of, of my hometown church. And I used to do some cowboy church services. And so you know, we kind of, we just kind of get down and we get to talking about, about some really honest things. And I, had a, I picked up a book in 2002, and uh, it was a book that, uh, that Chris Irwin came out with. Uh, and it was called, the book was called Horses Don't Lie. And so uh, in the book, he teaches us to think like a horse. Uh, and we do that in order to learn to com communicate um, compassionately and, and understand these beautiful, strong animals. Now, Irvin is what we would call a horse whisperer. Um, in this part of the country, we call them practitioners. In my part, we call them horse trainers. But nevertheless, whatever you want to call them, they're ones that uh, are dedicated to developing relationships with horses, those beautiful animals, and they learn to have a deep empathy and patience and, and a nonverbal communication with these animals. And you can do the same with horses or dogs or cats or whatever you like, but horses are what we're kind of targeting at today. And many of the horses that Irwin and others like John Lyons, who, who kind of really kind of started doing the horse whisperer uh, many years ago, they practice this brand of equine training. And they've come from, some of these horses that they work with have come from some very traumatic backgrounds. Some of them have been mistreated. Uh, some of them have been abused. Some of them have 
been in the wild. They've never come into contact with humans before. And, and some are just, they just simply have difficult and finicky personalities. I think some of us have those upon occasion. But no matter what the circumstances of the horse's background, the horse whisperer perseveres patiently in cultivating a harmonious relationship with the horse, developing a deep trust, a mutual respect, understanding, empathy, and in so doing, the horse develops a loyalty to that human and a willingness to follow the guidance of, of his or her human guide in any situation. Those who have relationships with animals, you know the beauty of those kinds of unique relationships. Most of it is nonverbal. Um, it is a true and heart-touching gift uh, when an animal trusts you and knows you will be compassionate and knows that you have a beautiful soul. And like all valuable things in our lives, develop, developing this kind of relationship, it takes time. It takes patience. It takes commitment. But when we invest in connecting deeply at that kind of a level, it can be the most rewarding feeling we will ever experience. And also, Erwin, he noted in his book about horses that this kind of intuitive communication and compassion does not need to be limited to horses or to animals. You know, you and I, we can learn a lot from the practice of horse whispering that can benefit our, our human relationships. You know, we, what we learn is that compassion takes practice. Forgiveness is a practice. Love is a practice. And all of these take an enormous amount of patience and commitment and, and a reservation of judgment. And it takes empathy and understanding. But you know what? That is what a relationship is all about. And so Jesus reminds us, as he did his disciples long ago, he said, you know, it's really easy to love your friends, those that you're around, those that you care for. It's really easy to do that. We already understand them. Uh, we value them, we love them, we trust them. But it's a lot harder to work to develop trust relationships with those who are not, well, with those who appear to oppose us, with those who we struggle to understand, and yet that is the true essence of discipleship. I like to call it being a soul whisperer. That's what discipleship is. It's developing relationships of trust. It's helping people to accept 
the Holy Spirit's guidance in their lives. Some call it the conscience, whatever it is, it's the Holy Spirit giving you guidance, telling you, oh, you shouldn't do that, or go for it. It's cultivating faith with someone who has felt perhaps they've been burned in the past. It's learning to become a soul whisperer. And so we look at the scripture that Greg read today, and I want you to, to notice something really important in that scripture. If you flash back in your memories here, Jesus, the Son of God, incarnate in bodily form, has just been baptized by John in the River Jordan. And he has, in a sense, been inaugurated in his role of ministry as being Messiah and Lord. And God knows how hard his mission will be. And he knows what Jesus, being a human being, feeling pain and emotion, he knows how hard his mission will be. In order to fulfill that mission, he knows it's not going to be easy. It's going to require the utmost patience and compassion and endurance, support, intuition, empathy, and emotional and spiritual strength. God knows he's going to be, he's going to be opposed. He's going to be trashed. He's going to be defiled. He's going to be threatened. And he will be faced with trying to explain the love of God to those who have been trained in the past by harsh treatment and influenced by status and power. And so he's going to need to show compassion to those who are not used to receiving it. He will need to cultivate faith in those who do not, who do not trust others. And what he will have to do to endure to the end of his time on earth will be heart-wrenching, it will be downright cruel. And still, he will need to not only endure, but he has to maintain God's profound love for all of humankind, even those who oppose him. It's no mistake that as Jesus was on the cross, after all of that kangaroo court and, and all of that persecution, Jesus' words, they still run shivers down our spine when he is on that cross and he says, forgive them. They don't understand what it is they're doing. Jesus is truly soul whispering but he has to prepare for that for that kind of rigor of spirit think of those who practice you know fencing right, with the swords would you suppose you don't just send somebody out with a sword in hand and said well why don't you just give it a shot and see how it works out for you huh that's not going to work you have you have them train for that endeavor. You don't just send them in there. It takes hard and long, 
kinds of work. Fencing takes all kinds of situations that might occur. So Jesus must also practice. He knows what to expect when he enters three years of extreme challenge. He must serve as a soul whisperer in a ring of feisty, damaged, and wild humanity. But yet, before the Spirit compels him into the time in the wild, look what happens first. God enfolds him, all of that shimmering Holy Spirit light, and then he whispers in his ear. He says, you are my son, the beloved. Oh, with you, I am well pleased. God did not compel Jesus into the practice field without first reassuring him and by loving him and by connecting with, connecting with him on a deep, rational level so that Jesus knows no matter how long it takes in practicing for this mission, God is already with him. His identity and his security are, are rooted firmly in who he is. He is the Son of God, and he is cherished by his Father. You know, we too, you and I as disciples, we, we have a difficult mission in, in taking Jesus' message of love and hope and out into the wild, the untamed world a world that is filled with distrust and disrespect and judgmentalism, a world that is filled with, with trauma and loss and illness. And you, are, you and I, we are commissioned by Jesus with a responsibility as being disciples of, of, of being soul whisperers in our communities, not merely those people we know as our friends, but to those that we don't know, those that we don't understand, those that disrespect us, those that challenge us, those that judge us. And we are called to respond with compassion, grace, support love, intuitive empathy. We are called to cultivate relationships with the most difficult and unlikely of these. And so how, how in the world is it we learn this? Well, we have to develop our community of practice, and we call that the church. For Jesus, the church was never a place in which there was perfect humans that lived perfect lives. There aren't any. All we need to do is read Paul's letters to know the kind of patience and loving support the early churches needed in order to be reassured of their faith and of their commitment to Christ. This church is to be called a safe place. This church is a place without judgment when mistakes are made, a place in which all will uphold and reassure the one who is experiencing trouble. We got your back. 
We're here for you. A place in which when people fall, they are picked back up again, dusted off, and restored into the community of faith and prayer and joy. This is the kind of alternative community, unlike the culture and the communities of the world, that Jesus wants us to cultivate. It takes patience. It takes perseverance. It takes connection and the cultivation of harmonious human relationship. Well, that was a big word. Harmonious human relationships. Bottom line is it takes energy and presence and understanding and trust. And I'll tell you, folks, my friends, it will challenge us. It will challenge us to our core, probably frustrate us frequently, and yet the results will be magnificent, be rewarding, heartfelt, and sincere. So like Jesus' time out in the wilderness, we'll always be tempted within our hearts to go the easy route. You know, it's much easier to, to judge someone, to simply eliminate those who just don't fit into, into our scheme of thinking, or to spend our time only with, with those inside our little walls instead of doing the hard work of, of cultivating relationships outside of these, these walls. And as we all know, walls are more than physical. It's much easier to take the route of self-righteousness than to, than to make us feel that somehow we are better or we make less mistakes than others around us. And somehow we feel justified in, 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 in proclaiming what others should have done instead of trying to understand what they did and why they did it. It's easier to see the world in terms of wild beasts rather than fellow humans who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, beloved by God. A community of practice cultivates soul whisperers, those who learn how to patiently endure the anger and mistrust and opposition of others and respond with compassion and understanding and empathy and acceptance and love. Difficult? You darn tootin' it's difficult. But yet, this is our commission. This is why we're here. We learn to grow as disciples and in our love of Christ. And these kinds of qualities these kinds of fruits of the Spirit do not usually come as innate abilities as human beings. We don't, we don't just have these. We have to learn them. They require preparation, and this requires practice. But they always result in our growth 
and then in the growth of faith and reassurance of others. You see, love is a practice that defines us. Forgiveness is a practice that frees us. Surrender is a practice that heals us in faith. That's the practice that grows us. And so I pray today, as I look among all of you here today, I'm so pleased that God sent you today. And may you cultivate within your Christian community, your own communities, our community, a practice. And may God bless each of you in your mission to become soul whisperers. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to be together today. We thank you for the Ash Wednesday that is in our past, and now we're going into 40 days in Lent. We're taking that walk with our Lord Jesus. We're, we're hearing all the things that happened to him. We're, we're watching in our minds as he heals people, but he also, we see his trials and tribulations that are before him. And Lord, as we walk with him, may we feel those trials and tribulations, but may we understand what it is that he has us to do, what our mission is as soul whisperers. And let us, let us all become soul whisperers.